Welcome to the Conversations with Christine podcast, where we discuss all things content marketing to help you get results from your content marketing efforts. I'm your host, Christine, and welcome to this week's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Christine. Today, I have with me Jess Cook. She is the head of content at Lasso, and she's the co-host of this amazing podcast called That's Marketing Baby. And I'm so happy to have her here. We're going to be talking about a very important topic that I know a lot of you will be excited about. We're going to be talking about big picture thinking in content marketing. So Jess, it's so great to have you here. So excited to be talking to you about this. Thank you so much for having me, Christine. It's exciting to be here. <laughs> All right, so let's dive right in. Jess, how would you define what big picture thinking is as it relates to content marketing? I think it starts with an idea before a tactic. Mm -hmm. And I think that idea also has to be backed up by what are the goals of the business? So I think it really mm -hmm. begins when, you know, you understand exactly what the business is trying to do. So, you know, book more demos or pivot to a completely new audience or mm -hmm. uh, just build brand awareness, right? Those are all three completely different goals that would require completely different big picture thinking. And mm -hmm. uh, I think once you understand those goals, then you can really start to think about, you know, what are what are the stories? What are the big ideas that we want to get across to people? Uh, mm -hmm. and, and starting there rather than, okay, how are we going to do this in a blog post, right? And, and really understanding like, there can be a story and there could be a narrative and that can generate a blog post, a podcast episode, a handful of social posts, you know, mm -hmm. be the topic of a newsletter, all of those things. So really uh, story driven feels feels really important and understanding, you know, how that story then ladders back to the things your business needs to accomplish this year. And you, you speak about story, storytelling and story building. How, how do you build a story for a brand based on the goals of the business? That is the million dollar question, Christine. <laughs> you know, I think it 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 can start from a lot of places. Um, mm -hmm. Founder Brand is a great book. Actually, I think I have it. Oh, yeah, right here. Okay. So and I'll link to it. Founder Brand by Dave Gerhart. Okay. This is one approach, right? So in mm -hmm. this book, Dave talks about how your founder's story is often mm -hmm. a great strategy and a great big picture story for your brand. So usually founders have a great story around why they started a mm -hmm. company. Um, and it mm -hmm. usually beca is because they had a problem themselves and they set out to solve it. And so you can base your entire marketing strategy around, you know, that one person's story and mm -hmm. build credibility that way. Um, I think it really depends too on like the type of the type of business, the type of company, right? So at Lasso, mm -hmm. we are uh, a vertical SaaS company, meaning okay. we are built for one industry, the event industry. And mm -hmm. so our story, our big picture story, is built around you know that idea that we are built by people who have event industry experience, who have had mm -hmm. these problems themselves. We're an advocate for that industry, right? And so I think you have to kind of look at like what 
what assets, what stories are inside of your company already and start mm-hmm. from there. And like, how would you tell that? How would you get that out to the world to build credibility and trust so that people, you know, see that that you're creating a product for someone like them? Definitely. And suppose, yeah, I just love this story concept and this story idea because I find it very interesting. Suppose you don't have a company where the founder's story necessarily aligns with where the company is now. And you're, even though you're in a vertical, a specific vertical, um, you don't have like the subject matter experts within the company itself. That's a kind of tricky place to be in. How do you build a story in a scenario like that? If, if, it is if that a makes very, sense. yeah, it's a very tricky place to be. Uh, I think the place you start, um, which is a place that I like to start for a lot of uh, problems that I have is with your customers. So, you mm-hmm. know, go to your customers, see if any of them are uh, willing and keen to, you know, help you understand like, what do you, what, you know, what made you come to us? What happened mm-hmm. on the day where you realized you needed a solution like this? And build exactly. the story that way. Um, you know, there are some founders who they don't want to be out there. Uh, they don't want to be like the face of the company. Yeah. And that's okay, right? Or like you say, maybe you have a founder who their kind of story, like you've matured past kind of that startup story. And now you have to kind of build a different story mm-hmm. uh, because maybe you've moved into now your customers are becoming more and more of kind of the middle of that bell curve, right? They're not early adopters anymore. So you have to figure out a different story. So it does, it has to evolve um, as you grow and, and mm-hmm. as you change. Um, not having SMEs internally is is really difficult. Um, but I think, you know, customers are a great place to to lean for that. I also think, you know, there's nothing, there, there's a lot mm-hmm. to be said for reaching out on LinkedIn or Twitter for, hey, are any of my, you know, friends on here uh, experts in this space? I'd love to to tap into you for 30 minutes and, and talk about this problem, right? And so I think you can find subject matter experts exactly. uh, out there. We live in, in an incredible time where we can reach a ton of different types of people uh, and just set up a quick Zoom call if need be. Definitely. I completely agree with that approach. So another thing that we need to talk about, Jess, is the common mistakes that businesses make when they don't take this big picture approach to content marketing. What are some of the mistakes that you often see? I think one of the biggest ones is um, their content then becomes commoditized. Like it could be said by anyone in their space. Mm. It's not ownable to them. And so I think what happens if you, you know, Mm -hmm. go back and you really think about that big picture story, it can become something only your brand can say. Uh, And that is, um, man, that is valuable, right? There's power in that. Um, There's interest in that. Um, You can build a point of view around that. And and that's how it becomes unique. If you're the only one that can say it, it's very unique and 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 you know, people could come to you specifically for your opinion because they they know that you are built around this point of view and this really unique mm-hmm. and ownable story. So, I think that's the big one is that when you don't s- start there, it can really become something that, you know, anyone in the space can say. And I think B2B SaaS has a ton of that problem, right? If you look at, uh, you know, all of the different project management software out there, 
they all kind of sound the same, right? It, it's hard to tell them apart if you didn't have their logos True. on the website. So I, I think mm-hmm. that's what happens is when you start to, you know, focus on features and benefits rather than, you know, your customers and your story, it all kind of blends together. Yeah, I completely agree. And then one of the other challenges that leads me into my next question is sometimes it's not sometimes, a lot of the times it's hard to then connect your what you're doing with content marketing with the long-term and short-term results that the CEO and the C-suite is expecting from you. So if we're going to do this big picture perspective in content marketing, how can we align it in such a way that it achieves both the short-term and the long-term goals that the CEO and the C-suite expect? I think this is such a great question. So um, I actually, when you you mentioned uh, my podcast, we actually did an episode about this. We recorded an episode about this last week. It's going to be coming out soon. Um, but uh, in, in this new episode we have coming out, I kind of talked through a couple different um, a demand gen approach and a uh, demand capture approach. And I kind of illustrated it through blog post titles. And so I think uh, this is a long-winded way of answering your question. I promise I will will answer it. But if you look (laughs) at, let's say you're writing about, (laughs) if you're writing about, um, let's say, a, a hydration backpack, and you're writing about that in a way uh, for to, to really get to the point of like, I need short-term leads and I need to capture people who already know they have this problem right now. Uh, so you might write mm-hmm. a, um, mm-hmm. a blog post title like, uh, you know, the, the seven best hydration backpacks out there for distance runners. And of right. course, your, your hydration backpack would be one on the list and the other seven might not quite do the same thing yours does. So they're not a direct competitor, right? But you're offering up this valuable piece of content for um, for your readers. Mm-hmm. That is like a really great way to go after, you know, people who know they have the problem. They're probably searching for best hydration backpacks, right? And they know they want something uh, to solve that problem that they already know they have. On the flip side... Mm-hmm. Uh, you also have to like generate some more demand or like at least generate some interest or kind of like poke the people who maybe that don't know about your product uh, and and get them interested in it. So a blog post you might write in order to do that would be how much water should you be taking in on your long runs? Right. And so the blog post would then be about, okay, well, you know, based on your height and weight and the duration of your run, you're going to need to take in this much water. And Mm -hmm. hey, a great way to do that is with a hydration backpack. And here's the best one. Right. And so Mm -hmm. you're kind of coming about it uh, in a different way. You're not getting right in front of them with the product first. You're addressing Mm -hmm. a problem. And, you know, hey, oh, I, I don't actually know how much water I need on my long runs. Like, let me look into that a little bit more. Oh, hey, yeah, if mm-hmm. I'm going to go for this really long run, maybe a hydration backpack would be a good idea, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm getting at here is kind of the story-driven way is mm-hmm. this second version, right? This, hey, how mm-hmm. much how much water should you be consuming? You know, here's a way to figure that out. 
Mm-hmm. And the kind of, hey, make sure that we're accomplishing our goals way is this other side here where we're like, here are the top, you know, hydration backpacks and we just happen to be one of them, right? We've mm-hmm. been named by Runner's World as a, an award winner or whatever. So I think mm-hmm. there's really like a couple ways you can go about it. And you have to have both because you have to be able yep. to capture that short-term goal. You have to mm-hmm. be able to continue to pull in new interest all the time. And so both mm-hmm. of those kind of, um, approaches are working for you at once to keep that engine going. And basically what I'm hearing you say, using all of the lovely marketing jargon, we're basically targeting customers at each stage of awareness, basically. And we know that customers don't follow a linear path throughout a straight funnel, which we're trying to create as many content pieces as possible for each stage of awareness and bringing people around this nice web to help them to become customers. So generating the demand yes. and creating the demand. Yes, you you nailed it. Generating, capturing, and continuing to do that. And, and using your big picture thinking to sure. mm-hmm. drive both, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the person who read the article about how, uh, how much water should I be taking in could then later down the funnel read that one about the top best hydration backpacks, right? So you are, right. you're creating kind of this path for them. Now, whether or not they actually go through that full path or not, uh, you know, as you said, it's that's not up to us and it is <laughs> right. totally up to the consumer and they don't <laughs> often do all of that, but at least you're hitting those points um, to capture anyone that happens to and to capture someone who just kind of like, hey, pops over here and makes a purchase decision and pops over here and makes a pur- purchase decision, right? Purchase decision. Like you're covering mm-hmm. all the ground. Definitely. And that leads to another important question, data analysis, because data is a big part of proving the value of content marketing and getting those long-term and short-term results. So what role does data analysis play in big picture thinking for content marketing and how can we do data analysis effectively? I, okay, I have a, I have a background in like branding and uh, advertising, right? And so mm-hmm. this is definitely like, I am, I'm still learning. I'm still understanding like how, how can I attribute success and revenue to my content? It's difficult. Right. It, it's, it's really difficult. <laughs> I think in terms of like, what we're talking about today, you know, knowing that the story that you're telling, that big picture story is resonating with people, mm-hmm. those are, you kind of have to look at like uh, just positive signals, right? Hey, we're mm-hmm. telling this story in this way on the podcast. And, you know, the three kind of episodes that we earmarked to tell that story did really well, like did above average in terms of downloads and then, you know, repurpose content consumption, um, Mm -hmm. clicks inside of the newsletter. So like positive signals are telling us like, that's a story that resonates. Let's keep creating content around that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think that's kind of what you're looking for when it comes to, are we telling the right story? Uh, I think what we want to look at is, are people resonating with that? Are they engaging with it? Are there like clicks and likes and and interest showing us that we need to continue to tell the story or do we need to move off of this story and and find a a different way to talk about it? Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And uh, how can businesses foster a culture of this big picture thinking for content marketing? Mm. What do you think businesses can do? I love this. (laughs) Um, this is hard. This is hard, right? Building a culture like this is really difficult. So a couple things. I think, um, 
when you bring in an SME who helps mm-hmm. you, you know, tell a story, um, highlight their success in front of the company, you know, put something out in Slack that was like, hey, take a look at this blog post that, you know, Paul helped us with. Uh, mm-hmm. It generated all of these views. We've gotten two demo requests off of it, you know, in, in its first week, right? That I think when you start to show the side effects of great content to everyone in the company, mm-hmm. then they see like, oh, well, I have an idea like that. Like, I, I'm going to go to the content team and I'm going to tell them about this and maybe they can help me bring it to life, right? Mm-hmm. So I think just putting a spotlight on when people come to you with an idea and it's successful, like making sure everyone in the company knows that and and that starts to get you, you know, the 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 comfort level of people coming to you and like wanting to share ideas or, Mm -hmm. you know, even if you have to reach out to them and say, Hey, I know you're an expert in this area. I'd love to tell a story around that. Would you be willing? They're going to be much more willing if they know that like their time, because you're, you're asking them to do, to add another to do to their to-do list, right? Like you're asking them to (laughs) do something else. That's, Mm -hmm. that's hard. Everyone's busy. And so I think being able to show that like, the 30 minutes that you and I spend together, me interviewing you, and the couple mm-hmm. of times I need you to review this blog post or this video or whatever we're creating are going to be well worth it. The more you can do that, the more I think you build that culture up of people wanting to come to you with stories and and how they solved a challenge and what they saw a customer do that was really cool. Like that's going to build mm-hmm. that culture. I love that. And I, and there's a post that you put out that I really like that spoke about how we created relationship with the sales team with our content. Because a lot of the time, the sales team doesn't know how to use the content effectively to yes. support the deals that they're trying to close. So I'd love for you to shed some light on that. Yeah, they don't know how to use it because that's not on them. Like they have to be told how to use it, right? They can't be in mm-hmm. your brain when you're creating it knowing mm-hmm. who it's for and what they should be doing with it. Mm-hmm. So something I like to do whenever a piece of content ships or when we're working on something that's really going to be helpful for them is, you know, letting them know like we're working on this or this thing just shipped and here's what you're going to be able to do with it. Here's who it was written for. Here are some great ways you could use it, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, SDRs, I think this would be, throw out a scenario. I think this would be great when you're talking to prospects whose objection is X. This addresses it perfectly. Um, you know, hey, uh, sales team, um, or, or sorry, hey, customer success team, I think this would be great for customers who are struggling with, you know, this inside of the platform. We built it just for that, right? So mm-hmm. make sure you tell them, like, it's it's so much more than just being like, here's a one pager on this product. It's what was the purpose of this? How can you use it? What's a good use case for this piece of content? Like content use mm-hmm. cases. I mean, even if it's just two sentence, sentences, you know, our salespeople have told us that's so helpful. Like they they understand like how a piece of content could be powerful to a prospect, but sometimes mm-hmm. they just need help understanding like what's the prompt? How do I get that in front of someone naturally? Mm. Like, what would I say? Right. And so sometimes mm-hmm. as content people, you know, we're pretty good at coming up with like the the script or the story behind that piece. And we can just be like, here's what I would say. Right. And that's really helpful for them. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, I love those suggestions. And a lot of the times, one of the biggest problems in organizations is that the sales team and the content team don't work well together. So you're creating all this great content, but the sales team doesn't use it. I love those tips that you gave. Can make the, the relationship much more beneficial. So my closing question, Jess, what advice yes. do you have for businesses that are just starting to adopt a big picture approach to their content marketing? Ooh, okay. Just starting to adopt. Mm -hmm. Test things. Don't rest on the first thing you come up with. Mm -hmm. Throw it out there in LinkedIn or wherever wherever your audience hangs out, right? If that's TikTok mm -hmm. or YouTube, whatever. Test it small. Uh, you know, create a couple of social posts. Throw it out there. See how people react. Um, and then, hey, it did pretty well. Let's take it a little bigger, right? Don't come up with a story, put all your resources behind it, you know, create the Super Bowl commercial version of it and throw it out there only to be disappointed that oh, it didn't really land the way we were hoping, right? Test small before you execute big so that you know mm -hmm. it's going to resonate with your audience and that you can continue, it'll get, build that confidence to know like, okay, it, this worked. Like, what other stories can we tell? What's another way to say this, right? Mm -hmm. Get out there with all of those different expressions of that story. But first, make sure it's really going to resonate. Like, the way that you want it, that you want to say it is the right way to say it. I love that. Are there any closing words, any closing uh, tips that you'd want to give that I didn't ask about? Anything about big picture thinking in content marketing that you think is important to add? I think don't afraid don't be afraid to be bolder. Uh I think Ooh, we have we, oh, we have gone very <laughs> safe with B2B marketing traditionally, right? I yeah, think because we think it's like a workplace tool, we feel like we have to be very serious and maybe sometimes robotic. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to remember that like the people buying your software are still people. Um, and you can market to them maybe a little bit more boldly than you think. And so, mm. you know, the same way that I mentioned trying to test a story, try mm. to test a tone, take it a little further, you know, down here and in, in kind of the, the spectrum of boldness, see how it lands. Okay. Maybe there's a little much, we can dial it back a bit. Right. I actually mm -hmm. find it's easier to dial it back than to pump it up. <laughs> um, and, and just kind of see what happens. And you might be really surprised, um, with, with how it lands and how people receive it. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, don't be afraid to stand out a little bit. I think that's lacking in, I love the, that. in the B2B world a bit. I think so too. I really, how, how can a, a brand stand out? That just prompted that question. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so I think the way that a brand stands out is to talk like your customers. Mm. So, you know, okay, for instance, um, and this is just a very little thing, but uh, for Lasso, um, the, 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 the kind of name that they have, that they give folks working behind the scenes at an event. So the people who are rigging the lighting and, you know, doing the soundboard and like putting the stage together, they're called techs. And if you were to go out there and say, your event technicians, blah, 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 right? They would know I'm not listening to them. I'm not one of them. 
Mm. And that is going to be a big red flag and they're immediately going to move on. But if Mm -hmm. I know kind of the lingo they use, the humor they use, the uh, all the things that annoy them, right? If I can harness all of those things, like that stands mm-hmm. out, right? If you it see does. a piece of content and you're like, oh my gosh, I get that. Like that's a, that's almost an inside joke, right? Like it's speaking directly to me, that mm-hmm. stands out. Uh, and so I think really understanding like those little nuances in your customer's language is really important. Jess, this was a great interview. You gave some really great insights and I loved every bit of it. Thank you so much oh, for being here. Oh, I'm so here. glad. <laughs> Thank you for having me. And how can people reach you if they want to connect with you? I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm there a lot. I post almost every day. Um, there are probably a lot of Jess Cooks on LinkedIn, but I'm the only one at Lasso. And uh, that's Marketing Baby. The podcast is on um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you want to check it out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jess. This was great. Thank you, Christine. Great to meet you. 